thousands tried to tame me, but I roam free. Until I saw you and you saw me. I'm not getting it. What what is this? So, um, what, what is that? Once upon a time, a wolf loved a rabbit. Rabbit loved a deer. A wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. Maybe. This is Beastars. The Lion of Love, Don. That's what I was playing there. And I mean, it honestly, is... it was it was pretty good. Uh, and we I was intrigued that there are lots of lions to love in B stars now. Oh, I see. That's what you were. That's what you were trying to get at here. Well, okay. last week we found out that Louie has taken over the Shishigumi or the Lion Gang, but this week we have found out how that came about and it's it's pretty crazy i'm still salty over the end of episode two when legoshi sorry not legoshi when uh louis pointed his gun at the driver of the car a lion and i presumed oh God, that he pulled the trigger and shot him this. You're still yeah absolutely this. you don't point a gun at something you don't intend to shoot what is he I trying would... to do here I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it's also confusing in this episode because it looks like Louis also pointing the gun at himself. And then magically he's knocked out? Yeah, he's knocked out, but totally unharmed by the bullet that he shot at his own head. Oh, yes, now, completely. I, we're going to give them poetic license or, or benefit of the doubt to say that what happened is he was tackled and knocked out um, once uh, the the lions realized that he was trying to kill himself, and they were like, no, no, we we want this one alive. That's right. Um, I I really do like this, this kind of angle for Louis, though, because it kind of lines up with, um, with how things went down with... Like, he saw Lagoshi and there was a little tinge of jealousy. There was a little tinge of like, I want to be strong like you. I want to be strong like a carnivore. And Lagoshi looks at Louis and sees like, he wants to have the strength of the herbivore, the strength not to be a victim of his own carnal desires. But I'm still doing the voice. Give me a sec. (laughs) 
I don't know what's what's spawning it. I've been studying. Oh God, I've been doing. I, I take acting lessons, and I'm looking mm-hmm. for a new. I'm looking for a new um, monologue, and I I started reading Heisenberg, which is a a very recent um, Broadway show. I think it started in London. It's by a British guy, but um, the Broadway one stars Mary Louise Parker, and and you can tell it's it, it says in the script she's a Jersey girl, and like. I'm giving like the worst like real housewives of New Jersey performance to it, but it's just because there has to be a contrast between this older, very like stiff, like um, a starched collar British guy and this freewheeling Jersey girl who's just a chatterbox. And I just started doing that like nail salon Jersey, you know, and I couldn't stop and everyone hates it. And I know I'm not going to use that particular voice uh, in the performance or not performance, I guess, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that voice when I do the monologue, but still I'm working on it. So I'm, that's like, what's in my head. I need to like somehow get it out of my head. (laughs) It's not very B star of you. No. um, But you know, (laughs) I mean, that would be a choice. That would be a choice. Um, so to do, to do like a really heavy accent for one of the characters. I don't know if any of the characters have a heavy accent. Like uh, is Juno like from Queens or something? <laughs> uh, no, I feel like Juno's. I don't know. Well, well, let's not let's not place these people. There's a lot of red meat. No pun intended. In this episode, this is a good episode. It is a good episode, but before we get to the episode, I have to introduce the show. This is the Cherryton School Report. Don't make any mistake about it. This is the Cherryton School Report, a Beastars podcast, presented by Okashina Podcast, Anime with Friends, in sponsorship with the Cherryton School Report, a Beastars podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I had a, a friend, I have a friend named Joel. And um, Joel wanted to be an actor. He ended up selling insurance. But regardless, Joel... Um, There's Joel a play right there. There's a play college. right there. Put that on Broadway. In college, uh, we made a joke that when Joel was starring in something or in a show, it's Joel starring Joel as Joel in Joel. Like there was just no, there was no getting away from Joel and who he was. Um, he... He was not a bad actor, but well, he was, never wanted to escape being Joel. No, he he, he, he quite enjoyed it. I guess it's like um, Joel. Was it Joey on Friends? Was it the guy who uh, even tried to do a spinoff for him? Didn't oh, they? Yeah, yeah. He was a bit of a lunkhead. Yeah, but like, my friend is not a lunkhead, but he is just <laughs> he's just himself, and uh, I think he permeates everything he did. Like it's. You couldn't quite lose yourself. In speaking of myself, I am Sabrina Ray, and I'm here with Don. Indeed. And we are talking about the show Beastars, but before we get back to the episode that we're already in the progress of talking about, it's question time. And this one comes from outside the show, but someone close to me. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys haven't sent us any questions so if you want your questions out there and you don't want to deal with the ones from the crazy people i hang out with then get them out there and we will talk about 
whatever you want, okay? Just send us those questions. This question comes to us, and it's a good one, but it's crazy. It's a game called Eat, Marry, Kill. (laughs) (coughs) Okay. Now, kill would just be... I put my gun in his mouth and pulled my trigger or, you know, I just punched him or whatever it is. Um, So we're taking a loose definition of kill here. Yeah. So I guess for me, I would marry Legome. I would eat Bill because I like chicken. And I think that like his chickeny eagle meat would be tasty. Wait, no, but Bill is the the tiger. Oh, I'm sorry, not Bill. Alba. Alba. I would eat yes. the eagle guy, Alba. I think that um, this episode offers a new character that might also be fun to eat, named Pina. You did. You you only get one. But I only eat. get one. So, uh, as far as killing goes. As far as killing goes, I don't know. Like, I guess you want to get rid of the most dangerous. So probably you have to kill Legoshi so that he can't kill you for eating Alba. Yeah, but he's not. All right. All right. So that's your, that's your. Yeah, that was a, that's Mary, my thinking and that's my reasoning for it. Eat Mary Assault. Okay. And I would cook Alba. Uh, thank Korean, you for thank you Korean for specifying. fried chicken style. So I'd have to order him thirty minutes in advance because it takes quite a long time to put together Korean fried chicken. If you don't know, and uh, seasoned fries, not truffle fries, but maybe. Why are you dwelling uh, on fries? You're, you're. I mean, the main course is what you gotta. You gotta dive into the. Meat. I mean, there's okay. a lot of him to eat. There's a lot of him to eat. You're, you're right there. There's a lot of him to eat. So. I think I would um, probably, probably like take him home in several bags. Okay, so um, let's see. I think I would kill. Very interesting uh, that you started with kill. With the snake, what, what was what's Rokume or six eyes? Yes, that's right. Six eyes. I would kill six eyes because six eyes creeps me out. And also, I think Six That's Eyes is point. far more dangerous than Legoshi. You just need to talk to Legoshi, and then you're you're going to be fine if you uh, you can you can pretty much get him stuck in his own head. Yeah, it's weird. Now I'm thinking like, is this is this scenario where I'm an animal in this world, or am I like me and I just walked into the B Stars universe and was like, I'll eat him? Well, I think in the idealized version of this, you walk into the B Stars universe, but you are you take the persona, the fursona of whatever creature you desire. Well, I can't be a rabbit and go and eat a go and eat a bird. You absolutely like can. You are completely wrong to say that you cannot. Rabbits will also eat their young sometimes if left in the cage. They'll well, they'll eat wrong. they'll eat meat. Most anything will eat meat, frankly. I mean, the world was pretty shocked when that deer ate the bird. When that video came out with the deer just like eating a bird out of the air. I like the the world. Creature, I mean, nature is metal, my friend. Nature is pretty harsh. And I mean, yes, mostly you'll get cows eating 
grains, grass, whatever, whatever have you. But you know, occasionally a cow will be like, "Well, whatever, I'll eat this." That would be a good segment segue into our next part. But you know what? You still have to tell me who you're going to marry and who you're going to eat. I feel like what are the fleshed out female characters I have the option of picking from? There's obviously Haru. There's Juno. Um, but given that the show is more or less from Lagoshi's perspective, we actually get a lot more interaction that he has with with other male oriented characters so i have less to work with on the the mary front well can i be honest though i chose i chose the gome because i want to eat eggs all the time yeah i i, I got i got that but we're not I, I talking about, it to we the audience, about mary. i explained it to the audience and i was like oh i mean obviously i would i would <laughs> obviously i would be interested in a relationship with like a Louie or a Lagoshi because that's the way I swing. But like I thought about eggs. And so I guess really I want to eat Legomes children. It's true. You, you actually were pretty, um, you didn't explain that in great enough detail. And as a result, now you just seem super weird because <laughs> you're marrying platonically in order to eat the children of your spouse. Yeah. You know, me and Saturn, we were all like that. <laughs> but wouldn't you have to be the one creating the progeny? Like, Legome is yeah, needs to be impregnated. Be like, I guess it would be half me. Yep, you're eating half yous. Oh my goodness, this is getting sick. Yeah, you're now you pretty, choose. You're pretty you disgusting. Eating? Who am I eating? Uh... You're marrying Jack. Who are you eating? No, I'm not marrying Jack. I guess I'm marrying Haru because I. You don't like Juno? She's a sweetheart. Juno actually is very sweet. Maybe I should marry Juno and just like let her, you know, sort of rule the roost. We can have her be the breadwinner. I'll be the, the house husband. <laughs> not, um, not a bad idea. Tell me that Pina doesn't look delicious. You know, I think I might eat Louie. Yeah, you like that stuff. I mean, I used Louis to go to his dear. house. I used to go. I used to go to Don's house and. There would just be an entire refrigerator full of Louis. <laughs> it's it was, true, uh, but I mean, Louis jerked, would probably be jerked very tasty. I mean, Louis Louis offers himself up as a as a sacrifice. He's like, I would be delicious, and everyone agrees. Yeah, he's he's a bit haunted by the whole number four thing still. Um, yeah, yeah, that's they no underlined joke. that bit. They underlined that bit a little. And uh, as I said, we get a new uh, we get a new character in this episode, which is pretty cool. Right, uh, we got Pina, thin horn, thin horn sheep. I, Tell us about Pina. No, I thought it was either yeah, thin horn sheep or goat. I wasn't quite sure. I don't think he's a goat. I think he's got ram horns. So yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, you know. Although I just, I, it was these episodes that reminded me that Tem is an alpaca because I guess I forgot. So actually, the thin horn sheep is a doll sheep. Doll sheep. Doll. Yes, and in D A L L. That's the one they clone, right? No, that was an actual sheep. Sheep. This is a wild, a much more wild animal. People do not raise doll sheep. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought that. But I yeah, either. I mean, I mean, that's an interesting uh, thing to note, though, because uh, if Pina's not sort of like that 
staid, domesticated type of sheep that we're used to, the sort of like grazing sheep that just like we see them uh, in a previous episode. We just saw them right with Lagoshi when he went to see them in their biology day. Yes. We saw what the sheep do. They just lay on their sides and eat grass <laughs> while kind of lounging in the sun. Um, and Pina doesn't seem like he would do that. He seems to, he seems, even though he's super chill, he's kind of antagonistic. <laughs> I like his personality a lot. He's a fan favorite from the manga for sure. Uh, Pina, yes. Uh, interesting character. I'm, I'm still, I mean, this is my first and only introduction to Pina. We have two scenes with Pina. But they're both good ones. Uh, yes, they're both good, but Pina is very self-centered. I, I would say, not that Louis isn't self-centered, but Louis seemed to be doing it like for the people, right? You must uphold the honor of the school. You must, you know, give your all. That yeah. was how Louis was. Pina is very much more self, self-aggrandizing. self Like, I'm, Definitely. the reason I'm here is because I'm so good. Uh, it's because you know, I'm so handsome, really. Yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> He's very pretty. Um, and his his debut is really great because the the carnivores are going at it amongst themselves because Lagoshi is the worst person, just to underline this too. He is the worst uh, character to lead a detective story <laughs> because of how bad he is at nuance and yes. subtlety. <laughs> the first scene, just... He's sitting there, he's talking to himself. The clue is within you. And he's like, okay, so I'm a carnivore. And I hung out with uh, Rem. Therefore, <coughs> it seems likely that whoever killed Rem was a carnivore that hung out with Rem. Yeah, I think that that's... That's sort of where his smarts come in, and he has good instincts and stuff. I can't deny that, but like, <laughs> no, he's no. Columbo. I would say that he <laughs> he makes he, everyone he, he talks to feel on edge. He but like it was so weird instead like, of loosen up. I was trying to understand. He brings us up. Hey, Rem got killed, and you, Tem. Sorry, Tem got killed. Used uh, to hang Tem, out with Tem. all of us. Therefore, it's likely that we're the prime suspects. And I think Lagoshi is trying to say, like, let's be smart about this and maybe we should work to clear our own names because, in principle, we could be uh, suspects here. But that's not what comes out. No, not at all. In fact, he just seems... He he, he doesn't seem to know how to get in to, to bridge that story with his peers and he also doesn't seem to know how to get out of that story like he has no, no not at all. strategy 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 sorry strategy strategy he, he, this is a true deus ex machina by pina to get him out of the hole that he's dug oh yeah he's about to go to blows with bill over this because it sounds like he's just being an arrogant prick Lagoshi, which is totally out of character i mean he's just like he's on edge and he's like i he it's the the scene starts off and he just out of nowhere mutters the word meat which sets everybody's ears on high alert 
And uh, he ends up bridging that into saying that he is, uh, I don't know actually how the English played out, but the Japanese plays out with the word niku and nikutsu, which is like a muscle ache. So he, he pretends that like he has a muscle ache that he was complaining about and he just didn't finish the word muscle. But it seems like everybody who knows Lagoshi knows he's weird and he's been hanging out with some weird characters and doing some weird shit that's behind the scenes. Aside from just going to the black market together. Yeah. Uh, it was, it really went from zero to a hundred there in the locker room. And Bill doesn't make things easy for him. No. Not at all. Um, I'm kind of sad because Bill does have a little bit more buildup in the manga. That The manga does not start like this season started exactly. There's stuff that was the same. But for the most part, this whole like um, reminder of Tem's murderer wasn't really happening. And the stuff with the kangaroo didn't happen. And like all that stuff it did feel like it was important to establish us like without just telling us in a flashback or something, but to just establish us like back into this murder mystery. But now we're, we sort of lost a couple of things. We lost like some good flashbacks with a certain character. And we also lost some of Bill's like, he's going through some stuff just like everybody is because, you know, like, um, well, there's tension there's tension still lingering as we saw between the carnivores and the herbivores it they're, they're trying to put their best foot forward but it still remains unsolved and now with louis le- leaving it feels like the the absence of louis is kind of rocking the ship a bit to the point where not only do they not know who's going to fill that void, but they don't, they've lost their, their compass to navigate this sort of like coexistence that had seemed so much easier before, even though it technically wasn't because one of them got devoured more than one, obviously multiple, multiple characters, some of them less important, but uh, we have seen multiple reports of devourings, right? There was that um, that other sheep or alpaca that went missing, or maybe it was a goat. I don't remember, but there was a young uh, teen herbivore that went missing, and all the school were like knocked 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 uh, knocked askew by that sort of um, tension that was starting to build. It's like a storm that's pushing everything like on its radius outward and it's, it's affecting how these characters interact with each other and how they, inter- how they can like feel about themselves. Uh, we talked about it in the previous episode, but Juno is obviously like um, her speech obviously meant a lot to the carnivores because they, they are living in this sort of pressurized uh, bubble right now. And it feels like without, without really confronting these things, the, the, the things are going to come to a head or that something bad is going to happen if it didn't already. Yeah. I, I don't have that context as much because I did not get that backstory, but it's interesting to know it's out there. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's, uh, it's an interesting episode. We get a little bit more with Lagoshi and Haru. You want to talk a little bit about that? Did, did, uh, <laughs> 
is it better now that Lagoshi also is an idiot? <laughs> and well, he was always an idiot. I mean, yeah. Uh, Last time we we were definitely feeling that Haru was like, and it was an icky feeling that Haru was hiding away her boyfriend of another ethnicity, and it it was not a great feeling. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but once you start like, but it's sort of like everybody is a different ethnicity, right? Uh, right. But I, it, so you're, you're, it's, there's so many dimensions here that it really gets complex because first you've got the herbivores and the carnivores and it looks like there's certainly a plenty of fraternization of herbivores with herbivores. I mean, do you get that? Like would Haru have to have hidden her, if, if instead of Lagoshi, it was Louis that we were in this situation with, right? Would she have had? To, would she be hiding in the same way? Would people be making fun of her? Would they be pressing on him? That's my question. That is interesting because that's almost like we're talking about two different religions now. Like, you know, like um, Christians want you to be with a good Christian girl, and Jewish people want you to be with a good Jewish girl or a boy, like. <laughs> and they, they permit dalliance before marriage or before you settle down. And this may be an old mindset I'm talking about, but these themes definitely come up in Beastar, but they are tied into this sort of multi-pronged portrayal of animals where it's impossible to segregate them, or to, I'm sorry, it's impossible to separate them from their identity as herbivores carnivores different species but also just like a wolf and a rabbit like a physically huge hulking wolf and a delicate small rabbit at one point um i mean multiple times the the carnivores sort of poke fun at lagoshi for being a pervert (laughs) i think i think it was um six eyes who called him a pervert in the previous episode um, because he's both lusting after and also wants to eat the object of his affection. Yeah, and I can't tell if the carnivores, because we this is where the meeting that Lagoshi has, he shows up at the carnivores meeting after hours. Lagoshi shows up at the, the carnivore meeting uh, and tries once again to artfully oh. insert himself into making them feel better. But they they... They're like, hey, we've done everything we you would expect us to do. Now we want to talk about your raunchy side piece. Um, and I, I can't, like, the way it's, I can't tell if they're trying to denigrate him. Like, oh, you're so weird, man, that you want to get with a rabbit. Instead, it's more like voyeurism. Like, how did it work? Like, you know. Well, they want to do like it too. Yeah, of course. They're teenage boys curious about sex. Like, and they're like, oh, well, how, you know, how's this all going to be? Which implies it's not, you know, it's not perverted as much as it is like just so beyond their reach. And Lagoshi draws a line. He's like, if you want to ask me about sex, I'm out of here. I'm like, I'm not going to stay around for that. Yeah, but Lagoshi but also- loses all of his mystique <laughs> oh my God. by the worst. just <laughs> messing up. Royally, like it's the lowest moment I think I've seen for Lagoshi in the entire series. Oh, Bill gets so many knockouts against him, like just 
he gets a technical knockout really with, oh yeah it's, it's it's painful it is it is so painful the Okay, the Goshi does this thing. It almost looks like a Japanese politician up there, like the principal of the school trying to like stoke the fires of of adolescence or something. He gives this whole spiel and Bill's like, this is not a good look for you, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But what I was saying about Legoshi and Haru is that in that scene between the two of them, uh, Legoshi goes in for a kiss and Haru's hand it's hard to tell whether she's inviting a kiss or stopping a kiss, you know? Well, first she like pulls on his tie. She's like, you're too far away. You're normally down at my level. And this is as close to flirting with the Goshi as I feel like she's ever gotten. Well, I take that back. The very first scene we see with Legoshi and Haru, she's much more aggressive. She's much more, relaxed and i remember having a discussion with you at the time like i was like hey you know there's nothing wrong with um haru she's a she's proud of who she is she's like strong in herself she gives him a good goddamn like no one should pity her and i feel like the the haru we see here interacting with lagoshi is far more like reserved and chaste and like not not owning her own experience the way that she did at the beginning of of uh, the, the first season. I mean, we also see that Legoshi, once again, sort of sabotages his own agenda. So. Yes, it's spectacularly so again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. If what he wanted to do is kiss Haru, the last thing he should have done is bring up Louie. Yeah. And uh, I wrote Legoshi deep sixes himself. Oh. That's good. That is really good. Yes. And then I wrote, what a loser friend zoning himself. And Haru's saying, don't go, but he's too stuck up in his own pride. It's really terrible. Like this is, this is, um, this is a really bad version of crashing and burning. It's, it's painful to watch. And it has to do with what Aoba was saying, which is kind of profound for him, especially, um, I guess he is kind of profound sometimes. Like he was the one who didn't want to eat the meat as well. But did you remember the part where he and Legoshi talk and he's like, he's like, man, your love is closer to faith than it is love. Your feelings are way too big for a high school romance. Well, especially an unconsummated one. Right, right. And that's really the that's really where he loses all the cool points because he he clearly, you know, he stuck his he stuck his virgin his virgin records flag on the moon. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. But what you know, it's right after Alba calls him out. It is that he goes and meets up with Haru and deep sixes the whole thing. Yeah, well, he seems he, to have been affected it, by that speech as well. But he's it's precisely at the point at which he could have started like making out with Haru and sort of making progress in what he presumably wants. And I you know what's weird about that whole thing is he was feeling really comfortable in that moment. Like he was like, This is the first time that I've not really like dwelled on the size difference between us. This is the first yeah, time and he's, that I've, he's, I've felt comfortable with yeah. her. I mean he he talks about um uh He's convinced himself that his uh, his pure love is the right way to love Haru, oh, right? What's pure love? <laughs> well, but I I wonder if it's that he's just 
he's just gone off the deep end. He's like, oh, you know, my my virgin love, this pure love, that's that's the right kind of love for Haru, because not and he's not even saying that he can't give in to no, yeah, you're right. being a beast. He's saying like this is the right. It's he's too afraid to even try or to even skirt around the edges. Okay, so we got Lagoshi done. We we talked about Haru. Um, we skipped over one important fact about Louie, and that's that's where you were going, I think, when you were talking about how herbivores will eat anything. They don't necessarily just eat plants. If they're hungry enough or if the situation calls for it, they might even eat buffalo meat. <laughs> and Louie gets an ultimatum, basically. Um, it... I I'm glad I rewatched these. I'm glad I'm watching the anime because I think it just it feels more tactile and real to me that he's in danger. In the manga, I just got the sense that like there was almost a mutual beneficial beneficial relationship going on and there might be that, but I never felt the like urgency of of him escaping this situation where he's going to be forcefully made into the leader of the lion gang. Um, but here it kind of does feel like, like he's not 100% there yet. Uh, he, he eats the meat uh, at the table that they well, offer he... him out of a survival instinct, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's he's very good. I won't die. I won't be intimidated. He eats the meat, and he's like, "This is the best thing ever." <laughs> he's a strong character. Um, he's a strong character who uh, is not designed to eat meat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. But at the end of this episode, you think, or at the end of this scene, you think, "Gosh, he." He's gone to the dark side. Like he's going to eat meat. Oh yeah, I mean, in the show's in the show's vocabulary, he is being a cannibal, even though it's not deer meat. I don't think Um, he's being a cannibal by eating another herbivore, and that's um, that leads us into the finale. I mean, it doesn't lead us into the finale, but while Lagoshi is sort of going over. Uh, his feelings and t- licking his wounds, so to speak. <laughs> um, or just, I guess he's just kind of pumping himself up that he made the right decision when he clearly did not. Uh, he is he is assailed by a very large shadow in Cheriton like, school uh, uniform. Uh, and we make the assumption that this is, this is probably... Uh, Thames attacker no well something is wrong because the music is cueing something sin- the music is very evocative here it's very sinister um, we don't really know what's going on here as he's crouched under the tree in the bad weather or, or in the night it was interesting too just to jump back a, a sec because that's pretty much the end of the episode but it's interesting too how Pina sort of subtly put a target on Lagoshi, like pointing out his old scar, picking at his old scar, you know, like kind of saying like, well, if you're such a gentle person, Lagoshi, why do you have such a dangerous looking scar? You know, like you are obviously one of the most dangerous things in this room. 
but you're the one sniffing out the perpetrator. Like he's kind of like, you're the most obvious, like obviously dangerous component to this uh, drama club right now. And this goes against what Lagoshi says all the time, which is that he's gentle and he tries to make himself smaller. You know, uh, his, he tries to be gentle. He was taking care of little bugs, little helpless bugs that are just tiny in his hand. Anyway, that is it for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to say about this one? Are we good? No, but this was a wild ride. There's a lot a lot that goes on are here. You, I mean, are you more happy with the direction we're going now? Oh, yeah. Well, just I felt like the first couple episodes just didn't do much. Um, and while I'm not happy with Lagoshi and Haru's relationship, uh, at least there was some things that happened and they seem entirely plausible that Louis is, or sorry, um, Lagoshi is so messed up. He's just, things are like falling apart around him. It's really, I got a feel for him in some ways. I also love that Pina just calls him a puppy. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, it's bordering a little on the rude. I mean, Lagoshi doesn't trying to be a star. That's pretty clear. Um, Lagoshi is very happy sort of sitting in the background, way overthinking things and, you know, doing the the set design. Well, what I wrote was... He's not... I wrote prison rules. (laughs) This is like... Prison rules? You go to prison, you pick on the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the room, and uh, you make an impression, and then nobody fucks with you. Or... I guess... And and that would, in principle... Like, we know Lagoshi is a badass, but... I mean, if you want to pick on somebody who's really being that way, then pick on Bill. Dude, Pina, Pina has a little sense about him, though. He definitely senses something from Lagoshi that he doesn't sense from Bill. Um, but he does go in, like, his whole first scene where he goes into Tem's old locker and takes down the poster or the picture and just crumples it up and puts it in Lagoshi's hand is, is a total power move. I didn't know that it was Thames old locker. How'd you know it was Thames as opposed to say? Oh, was um, it Louis? Was it Louis? It might have been. I'm well, was, is Louis going to have quick. one? Louis had like his own office, so I feel like Louis wouldn't deign to. That's so funny. Hang around. That's so funny, and I never really realized it. But there's this room they're always in when he confronts Louis. Oh God, Louis! I love I love the way they draw Louis. He's so he's he's so emotive. All right, I'm looking for it's true. I'm looking for the scene yeah. right now. All right, he opens the locker. No, it's definitely Tem. I'll tell you why. Yeah, tell me why. Okay, he takes down a poster of the tea that was rolling by that someone left for Tem. It was Tem's favorite barley tea. Oh, oh my gosh! And he crumples it. How, that, and he puts that's it clearly in the something. That's something you know from the manga. There is no reference to barley tea anywhere. No, 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 no. It's show. in the rolling. Like um, Jack finds a rolling can, picks it up, and it has yeah, I remember name that. on it. That is, I, I saw that was Japanese. yes, in memoriam tea of was written on it. Remember, I mentioned that. And how'd you know it was barley tea? Oh, just the the, the color of the bottle, basically. That's how you could. I'm. I gotta see in the future. You can buy me a can of barley tea. I'll send you a can of barley tea. In fact, 
any of you listening right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I never do that. You're going to get yourself in trouble. I will get myself in so much trouble. So many barley teas, like up to my neck in barley tea. <laughs> so that did not happen. Yeah, uh, that was Thames Locker. So lots of lots of little big meanings. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I want you guys to send us some questions. And I want you to tell us what you think of the show. You know, we brought back Chariot and Scoreport. We're doing V-Star Season 2. It's just getting going. I'm really excited for you guys to join us on this. Um, write to us at Okashina Podcast. That's O-K-A-S-H-I-N-A Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at the same Okashina Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to, like, write poems and love letters to us, that's fine. Uh, seriously, your manifesto, if, if your you, screed. If you write us a manifesto or a epic sonnet about your love of the show or your love of B stars, I will read it on air in my Jersey Girl voice. <laughs> no, that's that, that's you guys are running for the exits. No, I'm just joking. But we have a tradition on this show. At the end of the show, we say, "Okashku ikoyo." It's, it's different <laughs> it's different than beast off i was gonna i was gonna scream beast off right then i've just Don, done a Don, giant scream beast take, off. take us out no take us out i'm not Don. gonna scream okay beast off wow that's so much better than me mine's so jovial Mine's so jubilant Jory, have you ever watched the anime called One Piece? Yeah, Joe. I watch it for a podcast that we do. B- what? You know, we are watching One Piece. I started watching it so you could rewatch it, and then we talk about it sometimes. I-, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we don't do it super frequently. Once a month at best. Did, did you forget? We analyze the story and discuss the show's themes, characters, compare it to other media, and how it provides an allegory for real-life politics and events. I I must have forgotten. What? Where can I listen to remind myself? You can listen at the Orange Groves Podcast Network or search for We Are Watching One Piece in your favorite podcast app. What's a podcast?